0: On this episode of Talking Schmidt, I'm joined by the voice of the Greenbrier Bobcats, Kevin Criswell. And in our new segment of Bag of Schmidt, I'm joined by good friend Jordan McGuffey to talk about wrestling factions throughout history. And finally, in our Schmidt break, Justin Kleiner joins me to talk about something that really, really gets under his skin. I have all that and more coming up next. Well, welcome in, everyone, to Episode 8 of Talking Schmidt. I'm your host, Ethan Schmidt, and on the phone with me today, uh, he is a guy that I've known for a very long time, one of my fraternity brothers, and someone that I'm extremely excited to talk to because he's done something uh, that a lot of people might you know, not really understand, but when you can give back to your community in any way, to me, that's one of the coolest things that you can possibly do. My guest at this time, Kevin Chriswell, he is the voice of of the Greenbrier Bobcats, and I love the, I love the fact that you've gone back to your alma mater and you're giving back by being able to call games on Friday nights, man.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, Ethan. It's good to talk to you, my friend. It's uh, you know this has been something that's been fun for for myself and for my my call partner Jim Jim Sorrels, who does absolutely mostly the game day calls. Um, you know, it's it's been something that it's kind of came out of nowhere but it had been a long time dream to do it so it was it was great to to get together on that and collaborate and to try to make this into something
0: man i love this too because you guys you started kind of from i mean just from nothing really i mean it was just was it kind of just like a dream to be like hey you know what we need to get coverage on our guys let's you know let's do what we can was that kind of how it all started for you
1: yeah, it actually it had been something we'd kicked around for a long time ever since we had graduated. He graduated in 2006, and I graduated in 2007. And everybody kind of went their own ways, and it was something that had been in the back of our minds for a good 10 years. And, and really the way it all started was August of 2017, I got a call from the John Elmore, the head football coach, and the PA announcer, who had been PA announcer for as long as I had been alive, had decided that he was going to step down. So this, uh, this originally started as a PA announce gig, which we still do, and we ended up turning it into at this point a full fledged broadcast every Friday night.
0: That's awesome, man. What what type of equipment are you guys using? What are you guys? I mean, you don't have to go in specifics, but just uh, you know what it, what did you start with? I guess when you were starting your broadcast, what was it, and what have you had evolved into?
1: Well, what we started with the very first broadcast was the first away game that we attended in 2017, we thought, we'll go to the game, we'll get familiar with everybody. We only uh, ended up doing the, the PA deal about, we got that call about two weeks before the season started. So we hadn't seen rosters, we hadn't seen anything. So we thought, well, we'll go to the game and, and we'll talk about it. And it actually started out, we thought, no, maybe we can record some stuff. So we, we had two little voice recorders, um, just reporting voice recorders and grabbed a couple of the palm mics and, and did a, the very first broadcast was a podcast off the of sidelines and it was terrible sound quality. There was <laughs> really nothing good about it. Uh, so we, we kind of messed around with things and, and got a couple of cheap headsets and that made the quality a little bit better and still, still wasn't quite what we needed. And, and finally, I guess it was last year or maybe the year, but the end of the year before that we, we went all out and had the, External sound card and professional headsets with the boom mics and feeding into a computer and broadcasting live on the internet.
0: That's awesome, man. That, that I love those types of stories because, you know, I know that, you know, obviously I'm from the Clarksville area, but getting to know a lot of you guys that were from Greenbrier, and I would say I, I got to know a lot of you guys, um, I know how big that tradition is uh, for you guys down in Greenbrier with football and just really it being such a small community and being such a close community that you know, it, it is something cool to just know that you're able to do that. Do you ever, you know, when you get back there, you talk about, it, you you know, in 2007, you graduated, you were a part of that program. You know, when you get up there in the, in the press box, are you just kind of looking around and you're just like, man, you know, it's just, this feeling is just unmatched because I'm still here being able to talk about something that was such a huge part of my life growing up. Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, I just got, got chills. With you talking about that. It's uh it's just a real feeling when you, you realize you're need to be a part of something that meant so much to you for so many years. And we even reached out at this point to, um, as far as the PA announcing, uh, doing the, the high school football games, we do all of the middle school football games, the JV games, freshman games, um, the Wee games on Saturday mornings. Um, Jim does basketball. We've, we've done a little bit of baseball stuff. Didn't obviously get to do any baseball this year um it it became almost year-round for us there for a little while uh, and i actually had to, had to back off of it a little bit but it, there's just something really special about getting some, to be around that program that meant so much to you and um you know we we tell some of these guys when we see them it's we didn't believe it when we were in your shoes but to some extent we're living vicariously through you because our emotions, your emotions are our emotions and we're right there with you and i've I've uh, worn out a few tabletops, banging my fist on them, and, and, you know, lost my breath a few times, uh, uh, screaming what I wanted to say over the mic,
0: but I couldn't, so. Right. Yeah, that's understandable, man. I, I I think anybody that's ever called, uh, sports for a hometown team or anything like that, you know, an alma mater, you know, that deep down you do have that feeling of just like, man, I, I just... I hate when calls go against them. I would get that way, man. Honestly, uh, even, even doing TV, you know, the guys, the local teams we would cover, especially as they got further and further into the playoffs. And, you know, you're, you're with these guys almost every Friday night for 15 weeks. And, you know, you get to a game where you're just, you know, you start hearing bad calls and you're just like, man, come on, these guys are better than this. Like, why are we doing this? You know, so I can completely understand that. And, you know, my whole dream started at, at, really calling junior pro football and that was where it all really began for me i never thought i was going to do anything when it came to sports broadcasting i just thought it was something fun and one day i got the opportunity and the next thing you know you know i was on tv for six years and i'm getting a chance to talk to other people who love sports and are are giving back to, you know, whether they're coaches or they're players or they're, you know, journalists or, you know, even guys who are, you know, are starting from the ground up to build something that their community can be proud of. Have you got good feedback from your community? Do you, you, I mean, I know sometimes, you know, especially in small communities, you know, I know they know who you are from the past, but are, are, you know, some of these younger generation guys are like, oh man, this is the guy that calls our games when they see you.
1: Yeah, we, we've gotten some good feedback. We've, uh, um, you know, Jim's father was actually a, a former head football coach and was one of our assistant coaches when we were going through the program at the high school and was assistant principal at the high school while we were in school. So uh, to say that to say that a lot of people could could identify who you were was a good thing and a bad thing at times, but uh, we, we've gotten good good community feedback and some of it has been good constructive feedback you know people are not afraid to tell you what they really think and that's a good thing uh, because it's helped us tailor our message and be better we we started this even i mean literally neither of us had any experience doing this at all we we are learning on the fly every single friday night
0: sometimes that's the best way to learn man honestly is just kind of going with the flow. I'll, I'll give you, that's my best advice I can give you is just sometimes it's best just to roll with the punches and uh, eventually you'll get it all down. Uh, one thing I have for you, man, is is just, uh, I know with everything that's going on, teams are finally really just starting to get to meet up back with each other and, and you know, be in person. And we just started getting a chance to have, you know, teams meeting to do weightlifting and, and the summer workouts. Um, I know you probably haven't had a chance to really get a a feel to check them out, but going off of what you saw from the last year's juniors and sophomores and freshmen, what are we looking forward to to Greenbrier football, man?
1: I I think they're going to take a step step forward this year. We had a pretty rough year last year, uh, but they've got a lot of kids coming back. They graduated a really big class of seniors the year before, and they've got a lot of kids coming back with a lot of talent. Um, and the, the biggest thing they have is, is they've got a set of twins that play along the, along the lines and are probably the two strongest kids on the team. And they are, they're breaking some weightlifting records that have stood from back in the early 2000s. So I mean, these are some of the strongest kids that have come to that program in 20 years. Uh, so I, I look forward to be pretty good up front. Uh, got, they've got some experience in the backfield now. They, they lost the year before uh, the 2018 season. We had 2,000-yard rushers in the backfield. And both of those guys graduated, so they, they really had to rebuild at the running back position, and that's an offense that really thrives on the running game. So I think it'll be interesting to see. I think they'll be just a little bit better than they were last year. One thing that's going to be interesting, especially in the mid-state, is how you know, you alluded to how the different counties have gone back to weightlifting. Um, so I know in the Clarksville area, and we we have several teams that we either play from Clarksville or in our region. Uh, so Montgomery Central is one of the teams that's in our region. It's my understanding that Clarksville is going to be shut down until what earlier, mid July, maybe. Yeah. Um, and until they can really even go back and do any practice. And, and we had at least a limited opening in the last week. Um, and, you know, another, another couple of teams we play around in Sumner County. And I think they've had a little bit more stringent opening than we have. And a couple of teams out of Williamson County, and they're shut down like Montgomery County is until mid July, I believe. So, the early season, we, we go to West Creek. Or, well, actually, I think West Creek comes to us. Uh, that could be an interesting matchup because the last few years it's been a good game anyway. Uh, but how does the difference in
0: conditioning
1: and good be in, in the program and actually get to practice for a little bit of extra time if that gives them any advantage uh, in the beginning of the year?
0: Yeah, man, we're going to have to see. I'm excited, though, for Friday nights. I, I, I know we're going to have a season. Um, I know oh, that that might be – me just trying to be an optimist, but I just don't see us not having football. And, um, especially for kids who are, you know, trying to play at the next level, you know, they need these seasons, you know, there's some of those guys could have growth spurts, you know, and just get the, that's the best way for them to get, uh, eyes on them on the recruiting trail. So Kevin, man, it's been absolutely phenomenal, uh, to get a chance to talk with you. Uh, one last question for you. Have you thought about trying to get Jody Doris to do sideline reporting?
1: <laughs> I don't know if we can get Jody to do sideline reporting. We can't get him to it with about two words at a time. So um, he's uh, and, and somebody to, to tag on that. Somebody I didn't mention that is a huge part of what we do is Andrew Haley, who uh, who doesn't do any talking on air, but he is our spotter for everything we do and is the most essential person out of the three of us. So uh, I can't leave him out on that.
0: All right. Well, you know, maybe if there's cameras involved, we could get guys like Jody Doris or Connor Jones, you know, they got that face for for television. I'll have to let them know. I mean, if we can get a camera crew out there, we have to put those guys on there. People will want to watch for those guys, right?
1: Well, I think so. I know they wouldn't be watching for Jim or I. I had a lady the
0: other day tell me, she
1: said, you've got a voice that's, that's smooth and good for radio. I said, I've got the face to go with it, so it's all good
0: oh man i love to hear it kevin absolutely uh so happy to talk to you glad you're able to give back to the Greenbrier community man i'm i'm looking forward to getting a chance to listen to you um if you want to ever be a guest on the show man you let me know uh if we can do some any type of uh any more promotion for for your guys's um your stream for the games i would love to so you just let me know man and i would love to have you back
1: I appreciate it, my friend. It was sure
0: good to talk to you, Ethan. Absolutely. Well, we've reached our first break in this episode of Talking Schmidt. When we come back, uh, we're going to have some more after the break. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining me this far into the podcast. Don't forget you can catch us on social media. Just head over to Twitter and find me at underscore Talking Schmidt or on Facebook at Talking Schmidt Podcast. All right. Let's get back to the show. Alright right, everyone. Welcome back to segment two of Talking Schmidt. It's a new segment. Uh, About a week ago, I put out a question. I I, I Actually, I went on to Facebook and on Twitter and I said, hey, if you have any questions that you'd like addressed on Talking Schmidt, just go ahead and comment on this. Um, I had had two comments. Uh, One of them is on the phone with me right now. It's a very good friend of mine, uh, Jordan McGuffey. Jordan, welcome to the show and welcome to the new segment called bag of schmitz
2: what's up man it's, it's uh it's actually an honor to be on this uh this maiden voyage of what i would like to consider a uh i guess just a long ride i guess a long ride for a or a short i guess a new short ride for a long-term dream that you've had so I'm i'm actually pretty pumped for this
0: Hey, I appreciate it, man, and for those of you who don't know, because I actually had a podcast when I was in college, and what I was trying to do back then was just incorporate as many of my friends as possible that, you know, were either sports guys or sports broadcasting guys and just talk to them, and so Jordan was actually one of the original guests that I had on my show uh, that I did in college. I don't even remember what the name of the show was. I don't know if I have any record or, like, anything of it that I've saved, uh, but back in the day... Um, I did have a podcast that I tried to do and it just did not, I didn't have the time. I think right after I started it was when I started my first job. And so, you know, there's always like a contract and everything going on. So I had to kind of pull back um, and just kind of not do that just to make sure that I wasn't in trouble. But now, you know, with more free time on my hands, if I will, I have the ability to do this. And Jordan, I'm very honored to have you as a guest, my friend, Um, and to answer your question. And we're going to dive in a little bit deeper Onto that, man. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Hey, Let's get after it, man. All right, man. So the question that was asked, and here's the thing. We, let's kind of give us a little bit of background. Jordan and I are very big fans of professional wrestling. Um, I know that some people Across might... Across the board. Oh, absolutely. And I know some people might look at that and say, uh, dude, the 90s are over with. Like, how can you still be fans of professional wrestling? Um, I'll tell you this much. I have a huge just love for it. Not just what... You know, you see on Monday nights or whatever on television, but I've actually had the opportunity to do several live shows um, as a uh, I've (laughs) believe it or not. I've actually gone there to just interview wrestlers and do a story on it for the news uh, when we had local ones that would come to uh, to the Joplin area. From that, it actually transitioned to me getting a chance to get like body slammed, and uh, I got clotheslined and and just made some great friends along the way with that. On top of that, I ended up getting a chance to ring announce. I ran a camera for one of the shows that uh, aired in our area. So for me, it's been something that was kind of a lifelong dream. It's still not done yet. Now that I have more free time, I actually have the ability, I think, to kind of put more and devote more time to it as I get settled back in here in Tennessee. But, um, you know, I I think for the biggest thing for me and even for you is just, you know, for those people who say like, Oh man, it's all, you know, it's all fake, you know, yeah, it's scripted, but like, you know, there's a lot that goes into that and these guys are athletes. Oh, absolutely.
2: And yeah, look at it this way. When you talk about things being fake and whatnot, you have people like, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was a starting fullback, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was a fullback for a D- Division Three school in Texas.
1: Yeah.
2: And he just got bored playing football. Brock Lesnar also was on the Vikings roster before he, you know, before he became a wrestler. Well, actually, he was a wrestler, then went to football, and came back in UFC, yeah, and then came back. He's been like, everywhere. I, Bill Goldberg played for the Falcons. I mean, he, and then, I mean, Biggie Langston. Uh, he's a member of the New Day now. He was a Division One. uh Five star recruit that went to I believe Iowa, and if you if you I've I've listened to interviews from other like players that played with him at Iowa, and they were saying that they didn't think they could make the team because you had monsters of men like that. Not many people that are three hundred pounds can dive, you know, six feet off the top rope land with precision and not get hurt. So
0: yeah, and you think I mean the Rock played at uh, Miami, you know I mean and Dwayne Johnson before yeah absolutely Dwayne Johnson by Warren
2: Sapp. Yeah, exactly. A hall of famer. <laughs> exactly. So these are ass- yes. these are these are men that we're talking about. And women, we'll get to that in a second, but I mean these are athletes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, you, you, you think up. of Brock Lesnar, the NCAA record, uh, guys like Jack Swagger who were uh, collegiate yep. wrestlers, Chad Gable is an Olympian, holds- Kurt Angle is an yep. Olympian, Dolph Ziggler who Mark- wrestled at Kent State.
2: Mark- Mark Henry's an Olympian for weightlifting.
0: These guys are real, the real deal outside of professional wrestling. It was just they found a niche, and they were able to do it. So your question to me, which I, I enjoyed it, was, you know, you said of, of all the people that you're friends with, who would you want to create a faction with, who would get titles, things like that. Um, believe it or not, I, I've, I've put a little thought in it. It's guys that I know enjoy wrestling, um, that I know would would I would want to put in my faction with me. Uh, two of those guys um, are one at least – what i would say is if i was going to have some tag teams i would want my brother and i to be together i know it's kind of weird but like okay. for me i would i would want us to kind of be able to do that cuz it's been a you know we grew up watching it together and we've always been a tag team so i'd definitely do that i'd want to put uh, a title on on us and kind of just be a tag team together cuz i think he and i'd have a lot of fun with it he would never do it um, he's told me that a million times. He's like, Well, with my voice, I should just be able to you know, just introduce you guys. And I'm like, all right, that's fine, dude. you can you can do that. But if I had a dream to be able to do this, I would definitely do that. Um, you would definitely be there. I'd put a probably the mid card style belt on you, so either i c okay. or u s title. Um I could rock that, yeah, I think you could. And then, of course, I'd have Corey with me, man. I mean, he is technically. Uh, you know, a guy that was on uh, with OVW as a professional wrestler and it has made some airtime. So I'd love to have Corey with me. Um, I'd put a big title on him. And then I would have a big bruiser with us, uh, a guy who I know is actually training right now, a guy by the name of Chris Hartman. Um, and Absolutely. You know Hartman. He's training right now. So it'd be cool to have him there. And I would not put a belt on him because I think the best storyline we could have is with uh, having Corey as a heel, and have Hartman as his bodyguard until he turns, almost like a Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels thing back in the day.
2: Okay. Okay. I like that. And to turn it to more, I guess, now time, you're going to have like an MJF and Wardlow. I know how much you love the AEW. So
0: <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I love MJF. Don't get me wrong. I, I actually – there's a lot of guys that are on that show that I do like that – um You know, I've always been a big fan of Cody Rhodes regardless, so um, he's one of those guys that I really am a big fan of, and I want to see him have success uh, as well as, you know, the guy that goes by John Moxley now, formerly known as Dean Ambrose. I love him, and I think he's phenomenal uh, in-ring performer. So those guys, I love to see them have success, uh, even if it's not in the WWE ranks. I I do enjoy that.
2: Okay, that's a solid faction. Actually, it's funny because our factions were almost identical. Um, I was debating on whether we had four or five members, to be quite honest, because Hartman, of course, was going to be the uh, the Kevin Nash slash silent, silent Kane uh, figure. Yes. Why did you choose? Why would you have chosen Hartman and not put a title on Hartman? Aside from just being the bodyguard figure, don't you think that that would turn into like a Batista Randy Orton situation?
0: Yeah, I think it could. I think it could uh, definitely be one of those situations where you have a, you know, depending on how you're building the storyline with a guy like that, you know, especially with just someone who has that pure, um, just big man. I think that you could really, especially right now with, you know, if you you do watch current wrestling, a guy like Braun Strowman, who has a lot of people who love him, and you look at what they were able to do with the Wyatt family faction, I think you could totally do that with a guy like Hartman. It just, it would make perfect sense if you're building a show like that, in my opinion at least.
2: Okay. I I like that idea. A lot, my thoughts on the Hartman situation, since like I said, we had the same, you know, members in our faction, just because, I mean, we look at our friend, you know, Preston, whether he's listening or not. Uh, (laughs) I don't really see him, I don't see him being much of a, uh, a go-getter, as far as like, as far as like, you know, ring kind of goes. I feel like he'd be more of a personality, and I think, you know, I I love Preston to death, but I just don't think he's got, I would rather have Cody double as attacking team champion and our manager at the same time. Oh yeah, um, you referenced a lot of the Attitude Era. Don't you think that Hartman would benefit from, let's say, like a Corey stealing a title from someone else and basically gifting it to Hartman? I, like, as in he goes to he goes and grabs like a mid card title out of a match and does like one of the old like steal situations that they used to have in the Attitude Era.
0: That's a good question. Um, maybe I, I think, I think the uh, I think having you know one of the good things about this is obviously we can just be so fictitious with it and just kind of Absolutely. do what we want with it. I, I think you could have a really cool situation where even like um, you know you just have almost a you know depending on who has like a mid card title have that squash right. match with Hartman. You know, just because of his size and 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 just his ability to probably go in there and and just kind of have that fear on somebody. So I don't think you'd have right. to do that with 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 a guy like Corey because I feel like he could draw enough heat. Um, I know he was working a lot as a as a face when he was in OVW, but I know he's right. you and I know him. I know he can draw some he's heat. He's a heel. Yes, he is for certain. So for me, he at least, get the pop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, Corey could totally do it. So I think, yeah, I mean, in that situation, I think you could do something like that. But I think, honestly, depending on who it is, I think you could just squash it and just kind of have that almost like it. Um, I would honestly say the faction that would it would kind of be most like is like the original NWO. Not when they start adding in like a million people, but that original right, yeah. feel. Um yeah when it was just kind of the first, like, five guys in, I I think you could totally do something like that. Like, when they brought in, like, Ravishing Rick Rude and had, like, X-Pac and Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hogan-type deal, I I think you could totally do that.
2: I think it would be cool. Speaking of, I know we've referenced a lot of factions. If I can piggyback off of the original question, give me your top five factions.
0: Top five. Um, DX is number one. Uh, I was a big DX guy. Um, And then that original NWO would probably be two for me. Um three would probably be Nation of Domination because uh, they had just an amazing storyline with Farouk and uh, with The Rock um, in his early days. Uh, four would probably be the Heart Foundation and then five, I would probably go with Nexus. Um, they did a really good job with those young guys coming in. I, I thought they did a phenomenal job with that. So th- I think that would be my top five factions. I'm probably missing some really good ones and people will be like, dude, what? But from the time watching, I think I would do that. D-X-N-W-O- Nation of Domination, Heart Foundation, and then um I would end up with Nexus.
2: Okay. That's solid. I've I've uh, a couple of those in my top five. Uh but I've uh you gotta think with the factions, man. Like they've changed so much. I mean you had the original four man, with Arn and Ole Anderson True. with Ric Flair. Uh I'm missing the fourth. But if you look if you look, you know, Rick Rudes accredited to that. Uh, Kurt Hennings accredited as part of the factions. So if you're going all base base five or four or five, however many they are, uh, I think you're missing a big one
0: with the Four Horsemen.
2: And I'm gonna give you my top five. If that's okay, if okay. we got time,
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: I'm gonna count it down from five, or I'm gonna give you two honorable mentions, and I'm gonna count down. Okay. Honorable mention. I'm gonna have the Shield because look what they did with Roman Reigns, you know Dean Ambrose, which is now okay. John Moxley, and then you have Seth. Monday Night Messiah Rollins. Right. Or the Kingslayer or the Beast Killer or Monday Night Rollins or whatever he wants to call himself this week. Then I like NWO as an honorable mention just because, in my opinion, if you take away Hollywood Hulk Hogan, you don't have an NWO period. Hulk Hogan separated the NWO during the Monday Night Wars with, you know, Raw. And of course, that's when DX, even that's kind of what spawned DX. But if you miss the mouth of Hogan and the star power of Hogan, who really carries that lead? That's well, true. That's why I've got him. I got him as an honorable mention because, as we know, Sting didn't come until later.
0: Well, Sting was uh, part I mean, of the Wolf, unless you're so counting that was a on Dennis different. Rodman. Yeah, right. True.
2: Unless you're counting on Dennis Rodman to run the run that. I'm going with five. I'm gonna run with National Domination just because you look. They that was a big turning point, and they were also the only group that could stand up with. Uh, DX at the time during that attitude era, yeah, and that's what turned Rocky Mafia into the most electrifying man in history, yeah. And they also had the Godfather, who, who in interviews lived his character. Um, just as a heads up, you should YouTube that one.
0: Oh, I, I do. Um, I, I know.
2: Yeah. So with that's my five. Number four, I'm going to go with Evolution, just because one. you had Ric Flair, Triple H, Batista and Randy Orton all holding gold at the same time. You had Ric Flair, who was a 16-time champion, holding a tag team title with Batista. You had Randy Orton, who was the youngest WWE champion, and who uh, was holding the Intercontinental title. And then you had Triple H, of course, holding it down. And that's who I really mo- most created my faction kind of with whenever I was modeling our faction. You know, Triple H being the, core, Corey being the Triple H, um, Ric Flair being more the Cody since he, you know, he can get up and get the gab going. You being more of the uh Batista, the more I know you do like to talk and you got the mouth of the south like Jimmy Hart. But That's uh true. you know, you you only speaking when you have to kind of situation and you can be kind of a bruiser. Then you got Randy Orton, who's just an athletic, you know, specimen, for lack of a better term. My my three actually goes down to the Undisputed Era. if We're talking recency.
0: Oh, yeah. I love Undisputed Era.
2: Because you got Adam Cole, baby, just running the show right now in NXT. And nothing goes through NXT without Adam Cole, basically. Uh, in which I'm, he's going to be a touch of my number one here in a moment. But uh, with Undisputed Era number three, man, at one point, Adam Cole made a prophecy. And, you know, 2019, the UE was going to be drinking and gold. And, you know, they were. A very similar situation as that of Evolution with, you know, you got Bobby Fish, and you got O'Reilly, and then you got Adam Cole, and I'm I'm
0: missing the fourth. Oh, but Roddy Strong, man.
2: Yeah, yeah, Roderick Strong. I mean, they're all great technical wrestlers, and Adam Cole is, he can do stuff that, you know, he can light up a crowd. And if you've never seen his entrance music, I mean, just watch any YouTube clip. It doesn't have to be a pay-per-view. It can be a just a typical Wednesday night show, and that crowd will pop. Yes, absolutely. Um, my number two is going to be DX, and there's a strong number one. I'm got uh, it has an explanation, but DX, of course, I'm also wearing my DX shirt right now in honor of today's episode.
0: I appreciate uh, my that. My number
2: one, oh, I mean, you know, DX is. You do If you're not down with it, you know, me and Ethan have two words for you.
0: That's right, and it got us in trouble when we were in uh, elementary school for saying that and then showing the sign.
2: Absolutely. And now it gets you in trouble if you wear if you wear this stuff in public because you know it's it's still frowned upon with children around. That's true. Uh my number one is actually gonna take it away it's gonna take it international. I'm gonna go with New Japan Wrestling Bullet Club just because it stayed the same and you saw a trade off of the leadership in the Bullet Club. Just for people who don't understand like what new Japan wrestling is a lot of your wrestlers now in your mainstream are, have wrestled in new Japan. That is one of the top wrestling promotions in the world. And you, I mean, you got names like uh, Kevin Nash has wrestled in Japan. Check uh, the snakes wrestled in Japan. Stone Cold Steve Austin says the wrestling at the, the Tokyo Dome is one of the best places he's ever wrestled. So, you know, that's just coming from legends alone. Uh, the bullet club had, it was started by Finn Balor, if you if, you know if you're familiar with any the recent five years of wrestling, you know who Finn Balor is. Uh, the Young Bucks who are pretty much one of the best tag teams in the world today. They wrestle for AEW. They also have AJ Styles who's in uh, the main roster. Cody Rhodes, Adam Hangman, Adam Page, Adam Cole was the leader of uh, Bullet Club at one point from 2014 to 2017. They held every New Japan wrestling title that was available. At the time, for those three years, and at the same time, in 2000, I believe it was in 2016, they held all the Ring of Honor titles. And right now, Kenny Omega is the, not only is he an AEW champion for tag team, he's also the AAA mega champion, and and he wrestled in, he was a leader of the Bullet Club. So, strictly based on career propelling, that faction has to be number one, hands down.
0: I'm just such an old schooler. You know that.
2: You're the tried and true, man. like I, And that's what I was... And again, we had a lot of the same.
0: Well, man, it's been absolutely phenomenal getting a chance to talk factions with you. If you guys have never been to like a local independent show... It's so much fun. Um, I know we've been to we've been to other we've actually been to like Raws and Smackdowns along. I've right. been to pay per views things like that. Um, but if you get a chance to go on the local independent scene and watch some of these guys, uh, I've made some great lifelong friends in in that in this business. It's been great getting a chance to talk with you. I'm glad you got to be a part of the first segment called Bag of Schmitz. Um, it's kind of like a mailbag section. So if anybody has a question, whatever, go on my Facebook page um, and slash or Twitter and just drop a question there who knows you might be able to be a guest in this segment um, or you know we'll just answer your question as is if you can't be a guest on that segment we'd love to get a chance to just answer some questions that are going on in the sports world but Jordan it's been absolutely phenomenal getting to talk with you man Uh, we're going to take a quick break here when we come back it's uh, everyone's favorite time the Schmidt break is back Justin Kleiner joins me Uh, stay tuned for that one Well, we're back into the friendly confines of what we still have no name for this studio where we're at. Uh, We're in the front cabin of a truck here, but I'm joined by Justin Kleinard and Justin, uh, the Schmidt break back on here talking about something that's kind of affecting us locally, which is the fact that uh, Montgomery County, Clarkson Montgomery County School Systems, not allowing summer sports and at least the fall sports, uh, that'll happen in the fall come back and start their summer workouts yet but all the other counties right now in Tennessee have started those back um, you and I both former athletes in this county and knowing that your competition is going to get at least a month ahead of you because right now we're not looking until July to see these go back on at least practice starting how do you feel about that what is your mindset at that point as well Well,
3: I, am just going to go on and tell you right now, this is I think the first time in my life I've ever been referred to as an athlete. So I appreciate that. Um, I'll say this about, um, the decision that they've made or the lack thereof. I think that's a better interpretation of it is the lack of a decision that they've made. Um, out of all the counties in middle Tennessee, that's the first Montgomery's the first and only County to, to not open it back up. And, uh, I think that's a problem. Um, I will say this as far as the leadership for Montgomery County. Uh, Millard House, director of schools here in Montgomery County, is an exceptional individual, highly educated, uh, and just a stand-up person. Great father, uh, I would imagine a great husband, and uh, you know as well as a great employee for the school system. Uh, so I don't want to attack him too hard, but there are a lot of people, himself included, that have a lot of extra letters at the end of their names because they've went and got all these degrees. And yet they can't make a rational decision. Uh, now, granted, that's just like everybody else right now in our society and in our world. Uh, nobody seems to be able to make rational decisions, no matter how many letters they have at the end of their name or before it. Um, so you know they, they're gonna they're gonna have to let these guys get back to playing sports. Uh, you know, John Miller came out, who's the. Uh, athletics coordinator and district programs coordinator for cmcss schools uh you know and he said you know there's that they're planning on coming back after the dead period so sometime after july 4th they're going to come back um I think this will hurt them in some ways Uh, you know again when you're talking about high school programs you know they need a lot of time to develop guys and to condition Uh, so this is going to shorten their window pretty good Uh, so you know any schools in the area that may or may not have some type of new coach to the staff whether that's a head coach or a coordinator or a position coach gonna hurt that and i mean you know somebody's gonna show up like sean kipp did from the nba lockout somebody's gonna show up way overweight way out of condition i mean you know i'm sure there's some of these guys that have stayed somewhat in shape as much as a high schooler could but you know i'm sure there's a lot of those guys who haven't taken such good care of themselves uh but we'll just call it what it is it's just it's just bullshit they're gonna have to get back to letting these guys together uh you know right now in montgomery county We're looking at 262 confirmed cases of COVID-19. 122 people have recovered and three have died. I don't know what the hell those other 137 are doing. Uh, I don't know if they're still at home recovering. Possibly. Or or what's going on there, but I think that's just a complete... I don't understand those numbers there. I I don't know what the hell those 137 people are doing. Uh, I guess they can't get the two to three days needed of continued... You know, negative test to uh, say they're recovered but uh you know not a huge problem in Montgomery County I think we're somewhere between 250 to 300,000 people in Montgomery County <laughs> you know these numbers are middle school in the grand picture uh you know and honestly if you're under the age of 24 you have a higher likelihood of getting struck by lightning and dying than you do a dying from corona and to top it off these kids are at a higher risk of getting stung and killed by a bumblebee or a wasp or something like that. So my question is, when are they going to start spraying these athletic fields for wasps and bees? I mean, that seems to pose the bigger risk. If you're not going to let them go back because of corona, well, don't let them go back because of bees and wasps. I mean, it's, it's the same principality at the end of the day. So that, there's my two cents on it for what it's worth. I think something they definitely need to uh, consider for sure.
0: Well, when I started this show, I was talking with Kevin Chriswell, who is the voice of... <coughs> who is the voice of the Greenbrier Bobcats. I spoke with him, and and that was one of the things he was talking about was Greenbrier's already gone back. Um, They've already gone back. They've already started practicing. They've already started getting that conditioning going right now. Um, It's working for those counties. We haven't heard anything else from that situation, if there's anybody that's confirmed or not. However, they do play teams like West Creek, they play teams like Montgomery Central. Now those teams are going to be 1 month behind and you in like you said, you have to hope that these guys are sitting there working out. And it's funny because in Clarksville Montgomery County, you can actually go to the gym right now and be around, you know, hundreds of people. Sure. But you can't go work out as a football team <laughs> which would be less people and you could you could break it up so that way when you Get to the grand scheme of things, you could have less people in there because a coach is going to control that and have control of it throughout the day. I just, I kind of agree with you on that one. When everybody else is already back, and granted, you could look at it. There was a case. Uh, in a place that I just covered in Carthage, Missouri Where everybody's back to working out Two of the kids on the football team were around An official in the area that actually had COVID They actually contracted it So what do they do? They shut down, the, they shut down all training for a week They're going through the school right now Cleaning everything off And in a week they're going to open back up for everybody else To make sure And, and make sure that there's no spike off of that Which I don't think there will Because of the fact that it is youth yeah.
3: uh, First off n- Nobody knows that much about this virus in general. Uh, you know, we, we see it on social media. Everybody goes from being epidemiologists, to being scientists, to being political figures, to being, you know, social injustice warriors. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the, the topic of the week or anything with social media. You know, there's so many people who know everything about it all. And let's be honest, we really don't know that much about this virus. It's still relatively new there's a lot of money and research being done. I can promise you that. But every time they tell us something, there's always something that comes back around that says, Hey, this isn't as bad as we thought. Transmission rate isn't as bad or people who are asymptomatic may not be able to spread it as bad as we first thought. So, you know, I think we've got to understand and just admit, Hey, we don't know everything about this. Uh, but that's enough of the Corona cause I've heard enough about this crap <laughs> and I'm just ready to move on, <clears throat> uh, to go to Chris Wells point. Uh, Chriswell's a hell of a guy. I've known him a long time. think the world of him. He does a great job uh, for the Greenbrier Bobcats. Uh, th- that said, you know, he is, he's is he got the best face for radio out of anybody <laughs> I know. I mean, hands out. Do you think you've got a face for radio? I don't. I have Cr- a face for TV. Cr- Cr- Criswell- We've proven that. Criswell takes the cake on this, man. Got a great face for radio. Does a great job for just not Greenbrier but the community. The guy's an absolute legend down yes. there. Um so I mean, the guy's a lawyer. Yeah. And takes and gives all of his time right back to Greenbrier every Friday night to announce their games. It's great. The man's a legend down there. He's doing some great things. And if Jody Doris doesn't watch it, he's going to take over as the king of Greenbrier. And that's something we all need to be worried
0: about. This is the second uh, mention of Jody Doris in this podcast, by the way.
3: Well, you cannot <laughs> talk about... Greenbrier and not talk about the prodigal son, Jody Doris. You just can't do it. Uh, maybe once Jody listens to this podcast, he'll reach out to me and offer me some golly G's down at his new development in Greenbrier. That's what I'm hoping for anyways. You know, as a dad, as a husband, you know, I've got two girls and a wife. Man, they love golly G's. So we, we always was, need a sponsor, too. We, we do need a sponsor. And, I mean, you know, Jody could probably pull some strings for us there. Uh, but, but anyways, Robertson County's response to this, uh, again, is it, pretty rational. You know, they're, they're going to throw everything out there, you know, they're going to try to mitigate the risk as much as possible. You know, and I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I think the more individual drills you do as an athlete, the more the, the lower the coach-to-player ratio is. And, I mean, let's be honest. You look at some of these high school rosters, and there's probably 90 to 100 kids on it. Uh, at least it was when I played. There were that many. I don't know what it is now. It may even be more. You know, I think you really have got to look at what players actually can or will have the opportunity to to contribute to that team for the fall and you know i promise you it's not going to take 90 guys to win a state championship in the state of tennessee Uh, you're probably looking at more like 40 or 50 guys uh, and and that would include your scout team offense and defense in that 50. Uh, so i say you narrow it down hey the underclassmen the guys who aren't going to see any playing time this fall they don't need to be at practice you know, and, and maybe you staggered the practice and have them come in at a later time and then keep your you know your varsity guys together and keep them in individual drills, keep them with them one-on-one coaches to keep the contact lower. Uh, you know, and maybe by August they'll let everybody touch a football. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how as a quarterback you're supposed to develop your skills without having a damn ball. Yeah. So, so they're going to have to do that. And I think we're moving in the right direction here. Listen, I'm a firm believer there are going to be fans in the stands this fall at the high school level at the collegiate level and at the NFL level. I have absolutely zero doubt. They're going to be there and they're going to tell people if you want to come come if not stay home. Yeah. You know, you're going to take you're going to have to take a calculated risk yourself just like you do anytime you get in the car to go down the street or to go to work or to go to the store. Every decision we make is a risk assessment. And so you're going to take these risks, and you're, you know, if you want to go to the game and take your chances, well, you know, roll the dice. I mean, but as for me, I mean, I've already mailed off some be the check for my season tickets, so right. by God, I'm going to be there.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know. Some way you're going to yeah, be there. <laughs> they
3: said they'd roll it over to next year, but I, like I told the guy, you know, I think his name's Jonathan, I told him on the ticket, at the ticket office, hey, I plan on being there this fall, so I don't need a credit for the, for the next season because I'm going to be there this fall to watch y'all whip everybody in the OVC's ass. So, you know, I, I think that uh, – you know, Austin P has they have moved that game. They're supposed to go to Birmingham to play Central Arkansas in the FCS kickoff game. I, I don't think that is going to happen. So that has me a little bit concerned about the, the, the OVC level sports. Uh, so you know, some and everybody knows all these damn universities are liberal as hell. So there is no telling what you're going to get. Uh, I think we're just going to have to wait and see. But I, I think you know, America always wins in the end. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, America's going to win. We're going to kick the coronavirus's ass. We're to come out of this better than before
0: all right so i know we have a few minutes here that i want to get to this because it was a question that was asked and i know it wasn't asked in my direction at all it was well, asked from one of our very good friends doug well, austin let's a loyal just remember, listener you,
3: you cannot put a restriction on greatness no time restrictions here we're, we're going to go till it's over and then we'll let you edit out what you don't want to hear after
0: yeah I, <laughs> I don't like to edit so i like to just kind of roll with the punches here so uh, doug austin good friend of ours uh Sent in a message on I asked if you guys have any questions. Um, it's going to be a segment that you just heard called the Bag of Schmitz.
3: Okay, I you. I, I like, you. It. I
0: like uh, it, it. just aired with my with Jordan McGuffey, who's the first person to send me a message. Uh, Doug fired in as well, and I know this was aimed at you. Uh, it was, when will Vanderbilt ever be good at football, and when will they ever be able to put more than 10,000 people in the stands? I leave the floor to you. Well,
3: Let me go on and say this. I'm going to open Pandora's box here with the University of Tennessee fan base real quick, and I will answer that question, but you're going to have to give me about 45 seconds to rant. Okay, so I've always said... The University of Tennessee at Knoxville has the absolute worst fan base in all of college sports and really all of pro sports. It, it's not even close. Their fan base is so unrealistic. They're just absolutely pathetic. They think every year is their year. They ran a great ball coach in Phillip Formeroff because they got sick and tired of winning eight or nine games a year, and they got what they deserved. They've let an idiot like Jimmy Haslam Run their, run their football organization and then you, you wonder why the Cleveland Browns suck. That's because Jimmy Haslam's involved. I mean, let's be fair. I mean, they sucked before, but they weren't as bad as they are now. I mean, Jimmy Haslam will ruin anything, and that is the worst damn fan base ever. I mean, they're, they're just absolutely, they're just awful. And listen, I thought I was in the minority of this. But listen, I'll tell you, Saturday, I'm sitting back at the Clarksville Country Club pool. I'm drinking a Miller Lite. It's hot. I'm having a great day. And uh, I can't tell you what number it was, but I'll tell you this. We're sitting there, and a guy that works here at a bank in town, I'm talking to him, and he says the exact same thing that I just said about these University of Tennessee fans and that how they are just the biggest degenerates in all of sport. I mean, word for word, what I'm telling you right now. So that is not a minority opinion anymore. I think it's a lot of people feel that way. And, you know, I think we need to shine some light on that. I mean, they're awful. And you know what, I tell you what's a damn shame because they've got a great coach right now and Jeremy Pruitt out there in Knoxville, and I'm telling you, he's going to get ran out of town because these, guys, these fans are not patient and they're not going to give him the time he needs to build a great program. Listen, I hope they don't because I hope they lose every damn game they ever play. But when you have a when you have a guy like Ansley and a guy like Pruitt at Knoxville and a guy like Former, who, you know, an old, old old line coach, you know, I'm going to have a soft spot for him, obviously. But when you've got guys that just love the game of football, and I mean really love ball, and I think those guys do, you want to see them be successful. Uh, but their fan base just sucks. I'm just going to tell you that. But on to the question with Vanderbilt. So I'm going to say this about Vanderbilt Athletics. I cannot in full confidence answer that question right now uh, because we're not gonna find out the answer to that this year. I don't know that you're gonna know what Vanderbilt's gonna do this year. You know, Vanderbilt is the only private university you know, in the SEC. Uh, who knows what them fanatics are gonna do? Who knows if they're gonna put anything on the field? Who knows when they're gonna let athletes come back on campus? So I just don't think, we're not gonna find that answer out this year. Uh, but, but I think what you need to remember with Vanderbilt is, You're only going to get as far as the school wants the program to go. James Franklin brought a lot of success. He brought a lot of of negativity to the program with some of the players he brought in, but he did have a lot of success at Vanderbilt. That shows us that it can be done. Uh, That said, with Vanderbilt, you're never going to have more than an eight or nine win team. I don't care what you do. You can bring bring saving in to Vanderbilt. It's an eight or nine win team because with that university, they're only going to send so many funds to them. Uh, they're going to have to figure something out about their stadium. I mean, their stadium, no doubt, it is going to meet social distancing requirements if they do come back this fall. So that is one good thing. You know, as long as – I don't know if I don't know if Tennessee's coming, but if Tennessee's coming to Nashville, you know, they're not going to be able to social distance in that stadium. But, you know, and uh, any other SEC that comes to that stadium, they're not going to be able to quarantine. But, you know, if it's a Vanderbilt home game, they'll they'll be able to, you know, self-distance. So, I mean, they'll be fine there. You know, that's one problem they're not going to have to worry about. So, you know, there's a bright side to everything. uh You know, so I'm not very optimistic. I don't know what D-Mace is going to be able to do. You know, he's a great coach. I think the world of him. I got to meet him a couple of times. He's a great dude. Again, he's another one of those guys that just loves ball. He can sit there and talk to you about ball all day. Uh, But, you know, they're only going to be able to go as far as that administration lets them go. Uh, They did make some good moves with the new uh, athletic director they hired. I think she's going to do a phenomenal job. Uh, But, again, you know, their their biggest donor – he, you know, he has a lot of his money he's throwing at that soccer stadium and the soccer team in Nashville. So you know, I don't know if he's going to be willing to write as big a checks as he was before. I mean, the guy's a billionaire, so I mean, I'm not a billionaire, so I don't know how that your bank accounts work when you're a billionaire. But you know, I would say liquid on hand is, isn't a billion dollars. But you know, I'm sure he's going to write some big checks, but I'm sure those are going to be dialed back just because you know he's got a lot of money tied up in soccer. They're going to have to address that stadium. Listen, Dudley Field is just. It's a wreck. I mean, minus a few of the suites up in like the press box area and the end zone thing they have now, it, you just can't go to that stadium and watch a game. You just can't. And so, I mean, they're going to have to address that. But again, it's only going to go as far as the administration allows them. So, we appreciate. I do appreciate that question from Doug. A little bit of shade there, uh, but you know, get your questions in and let's let's spice them up a little bit. Let's not be so generic. Uh, so let's get some thought and theory questions in, and we'll we'll get this Smith bag rolling and. I don't know. Maybe may write a little bit too about it. We'll
0: see. Yeah, Doug, appreciate you write or sending that into us. Uh, I know that it was just to kind of rile up Justin. So. <laughs> I knew I had to give him that question and not just answer it in the uh, Bag of Schmidt's section that we're going to have and segment that we're going to have. But we appreciate it, man. All the Tennessee fans that now hate us, we hope that you keep listening to us because we always appreciate comments uh, about Justin, So, and, and he's he's strong enough to take him on the chin. So, uh, Again, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Talking Schmidt. We hope that you join us again later this week, I believe. I think it's later this week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, later this week. We'll call it later this th- right? week. Thursday. Thursday. Let's do it again Thursday. Sounds good to me, man. I'll bring the Miller Lite. All right. Well, we'll we'll see what we can do with that.